0: Romans 1, 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. The Bible says that God is love, but He can also be angry, very angry. How do you process the reality of an angry God? And the question today is, Is God angry with me? An angry God, that's our topic on today's edition of craving answers, craving God. I'm Chuck Rathert with Aaron Miller. Aaron is the pastor at St. James Lutheran Church in Glen Carbon, Illinois. Aaron, I think most believers tend to dwell on the idea of a loving God. I really don't want to spend much time thinking about God's wrath. Should I spend more time considering the meaning of verses
1: like Romans 1, 18? Well, I'm a Christian, so I think that um, we should always spend more time thinking about what all the verses in the Bible uh, mean, all the books in the Bible. You know, whatever the, whatever's written in the Bible is what we're supposed to be contemplating and thinking about meaning.
0: You know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing you say, I don't want to read it either, but I guess we better do that so that we show respect to all the verses. Uh. Unfair?
1: Maybe. I do. I I just think it's a part of uh, uh, being in any sort of relationship that you kind of want to know what the person that you're in a relationship with, what they think and and how they talk and how they act and what's important to them. And so, you you know, I wouldn't, um, I mean, so another way to say it is that what makes somebody angry is a good indicator of who they are and what they value. And so, to have a conversation like we're going to have about what makes God angry, and is he, and is, is, is it me? Am I one of those things? I think those are important questions. In the same way that, you know, if if my kid gets angry about a certain thing, I kind of want to know why, what's going on there, and uh, what's happening that causes this. And I think it's worthwhile having that same conversation about God too.
0: Well, wanting to know why your kid is angry works in the opposite direction. Let's ask why the kid would want to know why you're angry, because you have a superior position in that relationship, father to son, father to daughter. The descriptions of God's wrath in the Bible are terrifying. It's not like he's just upset, put out with us. Uh, he, he, there are descriptions where he is just furious and does the things that furious Beings, I guess I would say, do which are very harsh, and for that reason, it's not—it's not fun, a fun place in the Bible. It's not a uh, enjoyable place to visit for me, anyway. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I guess we—I guess well, it's, I think it's a, a misguided view of who God is, and um, th- that we would think, oh, he shouldn't—he shouldn't be upset. He shouldn't be angry. And we don't like to, you know, like you said, uh, people, believers, non-believers, none of them like to think about how God is angry. But you know what's weird is that we're all, in our culture, we're all fascinated with revenge movies, with Clint Eastwood movies. We love those movies. Or Liam Neeson movies. And we we love to see that. We love to see somebody who's wronged uh, or somebody, you know... uh, Liam Neeson's daughter gets kidnapped and so you know he promises you know I've got the skills to uh, make you hurt for this and then he goes out and he does it and we're all like people get a thrill out of that for some reason though when uh, God is wronged and he becomes angry we're like no what's what's up with that that's not right he should be loving and gentle and so I think it's I think it's a bit hypocritical on our part part of it's the fear too like I I know for a fact I know this for a fact that Liam Neeson is not at this moment, angry with me. And so it's okay for me to like go and, you know, watch him blow up somebody else. There's something sort of cathartic about that. But maybe we're all haunted by the notion that maybe God is angry with us. And so it's a little bit scary to think about an angry God. It's easier just to say, well, I, th- I, I, I believe in a God of love and gentleness and a God who, you know, minds his own business and leaves me alone. Maybe that's easier for us to do that.
0: What would you say to me if I were to reject the God of the Bible simply because there's no room in my spiritual considerations for a God who can be angry, maybe even vindictive?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I think that you really, you're wrong. And if you just thought about it, you would know that this is the case. I, anger is, so first of all, vindictiveness is one By the thing. way, I'm very good at convincing myself that I'm right. Oh sure, we all are. I vindictiveness is one thing. I you know pettiness, people who do mean things to other people just for the enjoyment of doing mean things, uh, that's one thing. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the, the God who is um, the God who is the God whose story we read about in the Bible is a God who gets angry for very for, for very specific reasons and i think that i think that deep down we're all okay with this we're all okay with the notion of people getting angry the question is what are you getting angry about i you know if i have a friend and my friend and and I'm, let's say let's say i'm i'm walking down the street with my friend and somebody coming up from the other direction walks up and punches me and my friend just kind of looks and snick, snickers a little bit and keeps on walking I would say that person is not really my friend. And the reason why is because that person didn't get angry at something bad that happened to me. And I thought that they cared about me. And if really they cared about me, I'm assuming they would get angry if somebody did something bad to me. And see, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about, is that anger is not this, you know, we don't, we don't like an angry God. Well, you know, I don't like angry friends, too, in general. If you just leave it like that, then that sort of makes sense. But actually, I do like angry friends. I like friends who get angry when I'm hurt. And the reason why is because, and I might have said this in here before, love and anger are not the opposites. It's a very important point that that I need to make. Love and anger are not opposites. We say, I want a God of love. I don't want a God of anger. That's not possible because love and anger go hand in hand. The extent to which you love something is the extent to which you'll be angry if that thing is damaged. And now, now that I'm saying this, I do remember talking about this in here before. Um, you know, if you, uh, you know, if you borrow a pencil of mine and don't give it back, I'm not going to be angry because honestly, pencils are cheap and I didn't really have an emotional connection to that pencil. I don't have an emotional connection to any of my pencils. So you're free to take it. But if you would harm one of my kids, I would be furious. And the reason why I'm furious about one harming and not angry about the other harming is because I love my kids and I don't love that pencil. And you can see how the two things go together. God is an angry God because God is a God of love. And when things that he loves are damaged, when people that he loves, which is all humans, are damaged or do damage to themselves, he's going to get angry, and that's only appropriate. And we feel the same way for those of us who have kids, we feel the same way about our kids. If one of my kids does something dumb and hurts themselves or foolish, you know, gets involved in drugs or drives their car stupid or Something like that, and they hurt themselves. I'm going to be angry, not because I'm vindictive, not because I'm, uh, you know, not because I don't love the kid, but but because I do love the kid. The extent to which I love my child is the extent to which I'll get angry if they. So, hurt are you themselves. describing
0: righteous anger?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a definitely uh, that's definitely what we mean when we say righteous anger is that there is an anger that's totally appropriate, and it would be inappropriate if we weren't angry at some situations. So God,
0: when he's angry, it's always righteous anger. Yes. Is that correct? Yep. But when we get angry, it's not always righteous anger. Not always.
1: Yeah. So
0: how do you know
1: when your anger is righteous? Well, it has to do with, uh, it's a good question, Uh, has to do with idolatry, has to do with, um, it has to do, so anger is always a symptom. It's a, a symptom of what you love. If, if love and anger are the are flip sides of the same coin, anger is always a symptom of what you love. If I'm angry because I love something inappropriate, then that's unrighteous. If I'm angry because I love something appropriate that's being harmed, that is righteous. So if I'm angry because... Uh, off the top of my head, let me think of uh, some good examples or some not good examples. We'll let you guys decide. Uh, if I'm angry because um, uh, you know, I said to my wife, uh, I want to do, I'm, I'm going to go home tonight and watch a hockey game. And she says, Oh no, I, you, don't you forget we have dinner plans with my brother. And I get upset because I've been looking forward to that hockey game. What I've done is I've prioritized me getting to enjoy the hockey game over relationship. And it's, it's okay to be disappointed in that, But if I stop and think, okay, what does God want me to value more? My free time, my enjoyment of hockey? God definitely wants me to value free time and enjoyment of hockey. But God wants me to value more the relationship he has given me with my wife and with her family. And if I get angry about that, what it is is it's a symptom. It's a symptom that I love hockey or my free time more than I love my wife and her brother and my family.
0: So then anger that is selfless
1: is righteous. That's yeah, kind of a sweeping statement. Does that work? Yeah, that's one way to say it, except for selfless is difficult. I, I feel like we're like jumping down a bunch of different rabbit, rabbit trails. Selfless, selfless is difficult because I'm actually, God's programmed me. Well, I should say this. God's design for me by the power of the Holy Spirit is to get enjoyment out of the things that he gets enjoyment out of. So what God wants me to do is to learn to love Angela and my brother-in-law in such a way that my relationship with them gives me deep pleasure. And uh, in a sense, that's not selfless. That's, in a sense, that's selfish. Uh, um, that To get enjoyment out of God, to, to truly believe that at the right hand of God are pleasures forevermore. This is a part of being um, a Christian is this journey towards my what, what, what I want, what myself wants, and what God wants for me end up being the same thing. So we've made a virtue out of, um, and, and this is totally a rabbit trail at this point, Chuck. Uh, Rain us in whenever you feel like it. We've made a virtue, and this is a, a part of just being children of, of medieval Christianity, which we all are. If those of us who are Christians, I should say. We've made a virtue out of painful Christianity. Like, if I don't like it, if it's miserable, then it must be extra spiritual. And that's actually not the way God designed – God wants us to be in a love relationship with him. He wants us to get pleasure out of him and out of his design for our lives. And when we do, we'll find that what our self really enjoys is him and the people he's placed in our lives. So the Bible says we are supposed to love our neighbors. Jesus says
0: we should even love our enemies. Yeah. Is it a sin to be angry with someone? And if it is, why is it okay for God to be angry with people? We're taking this to the sin level.
1: Yeah, sure. So is it a sin to be angry with somebody? Yeah, it's a sin to be angry with my wife for saying, hey, we had already agreed we're going to eat dinner with my brother. Um, It's a sin to be angry with her because uh, I've, I've valued hockey watching the hockey game more than i valued her that would be that would be that's the sin is value the, the anger is a symptom of the sin you can say it's a sin too because it's an act of expression of that sin but is it a sin to be angry with somebody uh is it a sin to be angry with uh, a repressive regime is it a sin to be angry with a thief is it a sin to be angry with people who harm other people? Absolutely not. It would be a sin to not be angry with them, because loving your neighbor demands that you're angry when that neighbor is harmed, either by other people or by yourself. And so, um, no, it's not a sin to be angry. Sometimes, if, like you say, it's a um, in the language that uses selfless language, if it's a, if it's an anger that reflects love of God and love of neighbor, then. It's not a sin. If it's an anger that reflects my idolatrous love of my own self, of my own quest for money or sex or power um, or control or freedom or whatever it is, then yes, it is sin.
0: Okay, so what if I were to say, hey, I'm not worried about the anger or wrath of God. Jesus came so the sins of the whole world would be forgiven. There's really nothing left for God to be angry about. What What if you said that? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just kind
1: of blew it off. Yeah. Why are we even talking about this? Jesus took care of everything. Well, that's this is true. Is that God's anger against sin was uh, expended in the death of His own Son? God, not God's not angry at His Son. He's angry at sin, and that anger is expended in the, uh, when His Son dies on the cross. But we live in this weird time where uh, the cross of uh, Jesus Christ has paid for the sins of the whole world and has expended, has, um, has uh, 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 propitiated God's wrath. But the end goal, which is the getting rid, rid of practically all sins, not, 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 I shouldn't have said practically all because that makes it sound like almost all. I mean like in practice, all sins being gone, which is this is the destiny that God has for his world, is that through the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus, eventually all sins will be completely gone, not just covered over by the blood of Jesus, but eradicated by the blood of Jesus. We don't live in a time right now where sin has been eradicated. It's been forgiven. Its sting has been taken away. Uh, Its power has been taken away. But it's still, we all sin, and there's a lot of sin in the world. And so in one sense to say, I don't have to worry about God's wrath because Jesus died uh, for the sins of the world, and now there's no reason for God to be angry anymore. In one sense, that's grasping onto a deep reality and truth, which we all should be, uh, you know, leaning into, which is that God is not angry with those who have been covered with the blood of Jesus. God is not angry He's with not. those who have been baptized into Christ. But it could that 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 statement could easily ignore the fact that not everybody is in that condition. And even those who are in that condition still do sometimes sometimes do things to hurt themselves and so uh, – to, to do damage to themselves and to others. And so it could ignore a larger reality, which is that God's anger is still at work. God still – because God still loves, God still gets angry at damage done to his creation.
0: So if, uh, if I were to – let's say that I'm a faithful Christian, a Bible-believing Christian – and have been for a long time, certainly not perfect, but a churchgoer, and something really bad happens to me. I should not say, God must be angry with me because I'm experiencing this
1: bad thing. Yeah, you should not say that. Uh, is God angry at bad things that happen? Yeah. Um, you know, some of our listeners, their eyebrows went up when you said that. I hope so. That means that they're listening and haven't checked out already. But uh, yeah, I, so bad, bad things happen. Uh, uh, you know, so people get people get cancer, for instance. And I just preached a sermon and I did this illustration in the sermon recently. But if a surgeon, let's say a surgeon was called to perform cancer surgery on her child, would she be angry at the child for having cancer? No would she be angry at the cancer? Probably, probably furious. Now, maybe not in the moment of surgery, probably she tries to be as emotionless as possible, but that would be an appropriate way way for her to respond. God, when he looks at his children and sees the sin in their lives, is angry, and he's angry at the sin, not angry at us. We can't, um, you know, I mean, this is too, I don't want to be too simplistic, of course, there's... Uh, I don't want to be too simplistic, but uh, the question, is God angry with me as a Christian? The fundamental answer is no. God is not angry with me. All of God's anger at every sin that I'm going to commit from here on out has been covered by the blood of Jesus. Is God passionate about getting rid of the sin that is still in my life before Jesus returns, before I die? And the answer is yes, much like the surgeon is passionate about getting rid of the, the, the cancer in her son. And so to live in that reality where it, to the extent that God is passionate about cleaning me up, that flows out of his love for me and his commitment to me, not out of some sort of vindictiveness or desire to harm me or blind wrath at the sin that's in my life. It's a part of his deep, deep love for me. So let's go back to the righteous anger discussion here for just a moment,
0: Uh it sounded to me like you authorized righteous anger on the part of people. It is possible for somebody to be angry and be angry from a righteous perspective. What if uh, some, something happened to make me angry four years ago and I'm still, I still got a fire in my belly of mm-hmm. righteous anger for this or that? the Bible says in Ephesians 4, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, which gives you like a 24-hour limit, I guess.
1: What's going on there? Well, the context of that is relationships in the church, Um, relationships even with spouses. He goes into spousal relationships uh, pretty soon after this. Uh, Yeah, so in in a relationship – uh, in a relationship, to, to be angry at damage that's being done is appropriate, like we talked about. However, um, there's a part of trusting God to take care of things. At some point, you need to step back and say, um, it, it's it's totally fine that I'm angry that somebody lied about me, but I can't live in that anger because... Um, God has to take care of that. It really needs to it really needs to uh, it really needs to be cast on the shoulders of Jesus on the cross and to let him take care of that. And so you know, if I'm angry at something that's that's happened uh, bad that I should be angry for, that's fine. If I hold on to that anger, if I start to dwell on that anger, if that anger be, be, begins to become a part of my DNA, what I've done is I've said, that's going to be who I am. I'm not going to trust God to take care of this. I have to, however that manifests itself, I have to see vengeance done or I have to make this right instead of trusting God to, to make it right. And so I think that in Ephesians, what Paul is saying is, is that, you know, he says, be angry. Do not sin. There's a, there is such a thing as righteous anger, but don't let it become you. This is why we say, by the way, this is why we say that God is love. It's inappropriate to say that God is wrath. God isn't wrath. God is love. That's who he is. Now, because he's love, he is angry, but the anger is not him. Love is him, not the anger. And it should be the same way for us as well. So I'm trying to sort this out
0: of my mind now. It's just stop me if I've gone in the ditch. If you're not a Christian, it is possible for God to be angry with you. If you are a Christian, it is not possible. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, it's it's not okay to think that God is angry with
1: you. Yeah, if we mean the same thing by angry in both cases, you're exactly right.
0: So if the Christian does something that if the non-Christian were to do it, God would be angry with that person, Yeah. what is God's substitute response to the Christian who does something that would— Generate anger toward the non-Christian. What what does he substitute instead of anger? Or does he just sit back and go, Nah,
1: he's a Christian. I'm not paying any attention to that. I actually, this is one of the problems with the language we're using. I actually don't have a problem with saying that God is uh, God is angry at the Christian, as long as we as, as long as we mean, you know, if my son pulls into the driveway and runs into the mailbox, I'm going to be angry. Because he wasn't careful, Th- that's different than somebody who drives down the street. This, ha- by the way, this happened a couple of years ago. In two successive nights, somebody knocked my mailbox over. Like, with yeah, a you were not a band. happy camper. No, the, the, I put it up. The you know, I went out the day it was all completely obliterated on the ground. I thought, okay, somebody maybe drinking a little bit too much, or maybe somebody just being stupid. You know, looking down at their phone, ran over my mailbox. I'll put it back up. The next night, it was knocked over again. I was extremely angry, but I was angry at that in a different way than I would be angry if my son hit the mailbox. My anger at that is somebody's doing damage to me for the pure joy of doing damage to my property. With my son, though, it would be angry less about the mailbox. I I can imagine the scenario in my head. In the moment, I'd be less about the mailbox and more about his carelessness, more about the potential That it could have been maybe a pedestrian instead that he hit and there'd be huge legal trouble or for him, you know, um, and moral trouble too, of course, that it could could have been him running into something else that would have hurt him, another car maybe that would have hurt him and some other people. So be more of of a deep concern for him that I want him, I'm passionate at this point about him protecting himself and protecting pedestrians and protecting other people's property and I want him to learn these things. With the others, though, I'm upset because somebody is trying to do damage to me for the sheer joy of it. And that's the way it is. Look, when God is definitely angry at those who've rejected him. And the reason why, as Lewis says several places, screw tape letters, a great divorce, that people sin in such a way that the sin, they hold on to the sin and eventually they become the sin. They grumble and he says in the, um, the great divorce, somebody grumbles and they might say, I don't, you know, it's kind of obnoxious when I, I, sh- I probably shouldn't be like that. And they start grumbling some more and soon they find themselves unable to not grumble. And before long, they actually become the grumble. Now, if grumbling not your thing, if I'm, I'm talking to unbelievers now, if grumbling's not your thing, you can substitute whatever is your thing. It might be anger. It might be sexual lust. It might be love for money. At one point you were like, you could have made a choice and been like, I'm not going to live like this. But then it got to where... You Actually, that's the way your life was going. You're an angry person, or you're a person who's obsessed with sex, or you're a person who's obsessed with your own freedom, or you're a person who's obsessed with financial security and money, and at some point, you actually just become a dollar bill. At some point, you become a sexual subject, and all the people around you become sexual objects, or worthless if they're not sexual objects. At some point, you just become angry. That's who you are. You're angry all the time. For you, God has no choice but to reject that. God has no choice but to say, everything that is you, I am angry at. Now, there's a solution, and the solution is is to come to the foot of the cross, receive the grace of God, which is being offered you in Jesus Christ, believe in Jesus, and accept that God has expended his wrath on all of your sin and all your slavery to sin When his son, Jesus, died on the cross. Are you describing repentance? Yeah. That would be the, to say, I, I don't want to be money anymore. I don't want to be a sex subject or a sex object anymore. I don't want to be in anger anymore. I'm going to go to Jesus and I'm going to get a new identity. I'm going to get a new humanity. And if you do that, he will look at you and say, I'm very angry at what money or your lust for sex or your lust for power, or your lust for freedom has done to your life, but you... I absolutely, 100% love. And now my anger is not going to be directed towards you personally. It's going to be directed towards getting rid of this sin in your life, which I can do because the death of my son is powerful enough to get rid of this sin. That's the difference between the Christian and the non-Christian and God's anger at both of them, if that makes any sense. I think it does. It's
0: complex, though. It's not simple. It isn't simple. You know, you really have to... Pay attention yep. and give it some thought if you want to work your way through it. Well, the th- it.
1: reason, too, is that it's not a math problem. We're not talking about you know the you can't the five steps to making sure God's not here with me. It's about a relationship. It's about a relationship with God. Just like it's different. My son's relationship with me is different than the nons that drove down my street and knocked over my mailbox. The relationship is different. So it's definitely going to be complex. But don't let that scare you off. Don't let it scare the listener off. Just uh, come to embrace who, what God has done for you in Jesus Christ and learn to accept that his anger has been completely redirected, completely changed away from you and now towards sin. And just learn, learn, learn to live in that and to love it and to accept it.
0: David says in Psalm 6, and I'm quoting, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Right. I don't think I've ever prayed a prayer like this.
1: Right. Should I be doing that? Should we be doing that? Um, I think it's probably less a question of should we be doing it and it's permission to do it. Um, so, you know, David prays this prayer uh, and he. this is a prayer that he definitely feels in the moment. I think every Christian... In fact, I know every Christian does. Every Christian I've ever talked to says is this this is the case. I know I feel like this. I don't want God to be angry with me. Now, I can say, and I need people to tell me, Aaron, God's not angry with you. Your sins have been paid for by the blood of Jesus. Does that mean, okay, so I should never feel like that anymore? No, I'm going to feel like that because you know I don't want my dad to be angry with me. I think that's an a total I think that's an, a totally appropriate way to feel about my dad. I don't want my dad to be angry with me. Um my dad's not angry with me, but I think it's okay for me to say dad I don't want you to be angry with me. I think that's okay. And for and to give him the chance to say, you know what? I'm not I love you. That's what David is doing here. And, and, and the fact that it's recorded in holy scripture gives us permission to feel the same way, to say god please don't be angry with him and to give him that space to say, you know what? I'm not. You're my son, and I love you completely.
0: How would you respond if I were to say to you, you know what? I'm too angry with God to think about how angry he might be with me. Have you ever had an experience? Have anybody uh, in your pastoral counseling say something like that?
1: Yeah, I've, I've felt like that before. I, and again, it's, it's a, so it's a relationship that sometimes people are like, well, I've talked to people before that will be angry with God, and so they reject him. Um, And this happens... Actually, this was me 15 years ago. Angry at God, mad at God. God had lost me a job, is what had happened. I think I've told a little bit of that story here. And I was angry at him, and so I rejected him. Honestly, um, it just doesn't... It's a non sequitur. It doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, God, I'm angry at you, and so I'm not gonna believe in you. It's just... If God... If God is there, I should believe in him however I feel about him. it does not it's, it's, it's regardless. Now, thankfully, we have in Scripture, we have stories of people who are very angry at God. Uh, Job is one. Job is a classic story of a man who's a lot of bad things have happened to him. He's very angry at God. And again, the fact that that story is in the Bible gives us permission to be angry at God. God is not too big to be angry with. He's not too big. What? He's not too big to embrace our anger and to say, you're my child, I understand, let me hold you for a while.
0: There's a kind of a liberation that goes with that
1: yeah. statement. Yeah. There's all, all people, people feel all different kinds of ways. about. Again, just you, you bring up David. There are, there are Psalms. Psalm, uh, go, go read Psalm 88, for instance. Psalm 88 is a psalm where the psalmist is really upset with God and feels completely abandoned by God. And when you get to the end of that Psalm, there's no hope. It just ends with, God, you've abandoned us. And Why would God let that be in the Bible? The answer is, is because God knows we're going to feel like that sometimes. God knows we're going to be upset with him sometimes.
0: So he won't be more upset with me if I bring that anger to him. He will forgive me? if I say, God, I'm really angry with you today. I, I you know, I've had a, a bad run here and, and I don't think it's all my fault and I'm pretty angry with you. He would rather I confess that to him than sort of internalize it.
1: I I am a bad father. I know that for a fact. And my kids know that. My wife knows that. I'm a bad father. My son recently um, brought up to my attention something that I had done that damaged him, uh, something that I had said to him that did damage to him. And I had really said it and I didn't know it had done damage to him, but he's he was been upset with me about it for a while. And when he came to me and he said, basically said, I'm real hurt by this. I'm real upset by this. I did not say, well, I'm your father and I say what I want and you better just obey me. And I'm not even gonna talk about this. I didn't do that. And I'm a lousy father our Heavenly Father loves us way more than I love my son or my daughters. And if we come to him and we say, God, I have no clue why it is that you're doing this, but why aren't you helping me out? Where are you at? Have you abandoned me? Are you upset with me? And if we come to him with that attitude of anger, he's just gonna wrap us up in his arms and say, Look, I've got this. I just want you to trust me. I don't want you to, I don't want you to be unrighteously angry about any of this because I've got this and I love you and it's going to be okay. And that's the way he's going to treat us. If we're his children, he's going to he's gonna say, I love you and I've got this and you are free to be whatever you are with me. And let's work on that anger, me and you together. That's what he's going to say. Let me teach you to be at peace with me. Let me teach you to love me like I love you. One more, I'm going to take a risk here,
0: one more question here before we're done. This is a kind of a theological question, I guess. Christians have been given the gift of faith. How does faith affect the relationship between a person and a sometimes angry God? Because that makes the difference between Christians and non-Christians.
1: Yeah. So how does faith, um, how does it affect the the way a Christian versus a non-Christian Sees the anger of God? Well, it, I, you know, and I, I
0: might be thinking about this completely backwards, so feel free to correct me, but if God is angry with the non-Christian, mm-hmm. or might be angry with the non-Christian, but is not angry in the same sense right. with with his child, yes. the Christian, one of the defining characteristics of that Christian is that that Christian has received from the Holy Spirit the gift of faith. Yeah. That's like a game changer, I'm thinking. Yeah. So how does faith fit into if I'm reevaluating my relationship with God and how I thought maybe for a long time that he's just angry with me and he's just punishing me, he doesn't like me anymore, but because of this conversation today, I'm reevaluating. How does faith fit into that
1: equation? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. If there's no such thing as Jesus, if there's no such thing as God become flesh to die on the cross for our sins... Then it makes all kinds of sense to look at your cancer diagnosis or that your boyfriend broke up with you or that you lost the job or that you stubbed your toe. It's, it makes all kinds of sense to look at all of those things and say either the universe is completely random, in which case all these bad things happen to me and there's really no purpose, or there is a divine being out there and he's just got it out for me. Both those things make sense. And it's, this is the way a lot of people live they either like they just try to process random pain and a lot of them say well I don't like it but there's nothing you can do you know kind of stoic stiff upper lip or shake your fist at the universe or say there must be if there is a god out there then he's causing cancer and tidal waves and he caused my sto- my toe to get stubbed and my girlfriend broke up with me and he's I-, I don't like him and he doesn't like me if he even exists that's the other option however and this is where the faith part comes in, if God became a human being to experience all of these bad things and to take up into himself all of the sins that I've done, all the da- in other words, all the damage I've done to myself and to my friends and to the environment and to all the people around me, if he has become a, become a human, to take all that cancer up into himself so that his father could do surgery on him to remove the cancer, through him to remove the cancer of the whole world, then what that means is, A, it's not possible for God to be angry with me because everything that causes his anger, in my case, has been taken away by this great cosmic vicarious surgery that he's performed on his son out of love to save his son's life and to save my life along with his son. But B, it means that I don't have to be angry at God either because I know he's on my side. I know he's on my side. When I stub my toe or the girlfriend breaks up with me or I don't get the part in the play that I wanted, all of that's okay because it can't possibly be him trying to punish me. The cancer surgery's already been done. He must be doing something different. He must be trying to make me a better person. He must be trying to train me for righteousness. He must be trying to teach me what it is to love others and to love the environment better. It has to be because he loves me though, because he can't possibly be angry with me in that way.
0: That's our conversation on the angry God. And we hope, even though I feel like we got a little bit deeper into this subject than sometimes we do, I hope that it has been helpful for you. Today's episode of Craving Answers, Craving God is something of a milestone. This is our 50th show. Thank you for your words of encouragement If you enjoy our podcast, please tell your friends about us. And if you put Craving Answers, Craving God into your search engine, look for the Contact Us link in the menu at the top of the page and let us know how you feel. For Pastor Aaron Miller and our production manager, Larry O'Leary, I'm Chuck Rather.